a strong young tree. singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Why, why did our son die? He was such a comfort in our old age. God give us and God take us away. (laughs) 
Well, Mother, try not to weep. I can't help it, Father. We've lost a son, a good son. What are we to do without him? We're old, and he... Oh, now, our son gave us this home, a vineyard, land. God will take away the sting of death, give us mental and spiritual comfort. Shall we go in, Mother? Oh, we'll be all alone. No son to... Come, come, Mother. (laughs) Oh, an empty house. Remember, Mother, when his small feet ran hither and yon? His cries and laughter echoed in these rooms and in our hearts. Recline, Mother, here. Rest. Our son sat at our feet. We taught him obedience and respect. He learned to obey God as well as us. He brought honor to our name as the commandment given by God to Moses' teachers. I don't want to see anybody. Oh, it may be a neighbor, a friend. We must not be discourteous. All right. Greetings. Uh, Greetings, sir. Greetings. Shut the door. Well, well, who who are you? What do you want? You haven't been notified? Notified of what, sir? That you'll be out of here by evening. The priests of the temple have need of this house today. Need? This is our home. You know the law? What law? The holy law given to Moses at Mount Sinai. Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. However, whosoever shall say to his father and mother or to the temple priests, it is a gift to the temple, he shall be free of the curse and shall not be required to do more for his father or mother. That is the law given to Moses by God at Monsanto? You know full well it is. I know full well it is perverted and added unto by the traditions of the temple priesthood. Thy son, whilst he yet lived, said to the temple priests, It is a gift. This house and the land, therefore, belong to the temple, so not another word. Be gone at once before I report your disobedience to the temple priests. But this is our home. Father, we must do as the priests order. This is what we've been taught. We must obey. But, sir, where are we to go? I'm afraid, old man, that that is your problem. Just go immediately. Oh, come, Father. God will provide. I'm worried about our son. Now, Mother, he's gone. No use to worry now. But why did he do what he did? Why? It's our fault, Mother. Our fault? But he was a good son. Faithful, honest, obedient. Yes. And who taught him those things? We did. From birth, we have taught him obedience. Strict obedience. But obedience to what? Us? Yes, but first to the church, to the words that issue out of the mouths of the temple priests. Sometimes those words are man-inspired, not of God. The law, 
It isn't what that man said it was. No, I mean, yes, it is. The way it reads now, but it has been changed since God gave it to Moses at Sinai. You sure? While I was in town trying to get us something to eat, I asked about the law as God gave it. That entire last part about releasing a son of his duty to provide for his parents has all been added by greedy and godless priests of the temple. Then our son thought he was doing right. Thought he was obeying God and not tradition and man-made laws. Oh, bless his heart. Oh, but why is it our fault? We taught him. We should have first searched the scripture to discover for ourselves the truth, then taught that to our son. But the temple priests of the tribe of Levi, they were ordained to be our religious leaders. They're educated. They're able to interpret the scriptures and pass it along to us. At first, Mother, when God, through Moses, appointed them to the task, I'm sure they were honest about it, and were they. But they have changed. God knew they would. So why did he appoint them in the first place? Adam and Eve changed. Why did God create them? Oh, I see what you're getting at, Father. Changing is a personal matter. We will or we will not change as we wish. If we keep our minds and our eyes upon Holy Scripture, we will be faithful and remain faithful. Nothing can change us, not even Satan. Yes, Father. <laughs> Then came Pharisees and scribes to Jesus, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? We transgress the commandments of God. Ah, yes. By disobeying laws written by our leaders, you are disobeying God. It is ye who transgress the commandments of God. But uh, that just is By not... your traditions do ye transgress the law. For God commanded... Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye have added, Whosoever giveth his possessions unto the temple need not honor his father or mother. He shall be free of the curse. Thus have ye made the commandments of God of none effect by your tradition. That is exactly the way it happened, Caiaphas. He openly stated that our laws are violating the laws of God. Yes, sir. That is treason. Sacrilegious. Oh, yes, sir. You have witnesses. Oh, many, sir. A few more open statements like that, and we shall have enough against him to put him to death. Then once again, I, Caiaphas, high priest of Israel, shall have full authority and influence over the people. <laughs> oh. In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634. 0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Hey, Sam, look out your window. What do you see? Well, I see trees, grass, cars, buildings, and some kind of bird. Do you know that there are things out there that are so small that you can only see them with a microscope, and they can kill you? Are you trying to cheer me up? They're called germs, and there are a hundred million of them right out there just waiting to make you sick. I'm already sick. That's why you came to visit me. I was reading in a book that there is something we can do to fight those germs. And I'm not talking about medicine or getting a shot. Do you know what that is? Close the window? We can be happy. Happy? You mean as in ha-ha happy? That's right. When we have a positive attitude and we aren't grouchy or angry all the time, we help our bodies fight germs because our immune system is working harder than when we're sad or depressed. So are you happy, Sam? I was until you started talking about germs. King Solomon said that happiness can fight disease. Solomon? The Bible guy? Yes. I learned a Bible verse last year that says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That's Proverbs 17.22. What do you think about that? I think I need to lie down again. I feel my bones drying up. Well, you just go to sleep and I'll come back and visit you later. Sam, I've got to make you happy so you can heal faster. You're a true friend, Rico. Like the Bible says, he who lets a sick friend sleep makes his bones better. Where's that found? Sam 5-2. I thought so. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Honor your father and your mother.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. His Master's Bagpipes by Daphne Cox. Mrs. Smith was cleaning the kitchen when she heard the noise. Pausing in her work, she listened a moment. There, it came again, a low whine and a snuffing sound. Looking through the screen door, she saw a small Maltese terrier sniffing at the step. She left her work and went outside to look at the stranger. He was a lovely little dog, but oh, so dirty and bedraggled. Plainly, he was lost. No owner of such an expensive type of dog would allow it to get in such condition. The best thing to do, she decided, was to take him in until she could find whom he belonged to. The owner would certainly advertise for him. The first thing he needed, she felt, was food and a good bath. She offered him a big drink of milk right away. He lapped and lapped as if he would never stop, then looked pleadingly at her when the dish was empty. How those bright little eyes could talk! She filled the bowl again, and he wagged his tail with pleasure. When the second bowl of milk was licked dry, she picked the dog up and popped him into a laundry tub of warm water. He didn't mind having a bath. He seemed to realize she was trying to help him. When he was dried, she gave him a good brushing so that his white, silky hair gleamed in the sunlight. Oh, you're a beautiful little boy, she exclaimed, hugging him. A little pink tongue licked her ear. I wonder what your name is. Joey? Terry? She tried out a few names, hopefully, but he responded to none. Well, we'd better call you something. How about Snuffy? Yes, Snuffy, that's what you were doing around my door, snuffing. Would that do? The small dog wagged his tail as she put him down. Snuffy, she called and walked inside. Snuffy followed. Soon he was used to the name and settled in his new home. But Mr. and Mrs. Smith tried not to get too fond of him. Surely his owners would advertise. Each day they read the lost and found column of their local papers, but no one seemed to have lost a white Maltese terrier. Six months later, Snuffy was still with them. By now he was regarded as one of the family, and the Smiths had come to love him dearly. One day they decided to have a musical evening at their home. They put Snuffy outside in his basket, but they didn't shut the small dog door Mr. Smith had made. Usually it was sufficient to say, Stay, Snuffy, and he would obey. As the guests arrived, Snuffy watched them come into the house, but he didn't get up from his basket. As the evening wore on and it became dark, Snuffy went to sleep. First, a pianist performed, then a violinist, and so on. Snuffy took no notice. He slept on. Then, suddenly, he was awake. That sound! He knew it! Way back in the past, his master had made that weird squeaking melody that was music in the little dog's ears. He jumped out of his basket in a flash. He barged through his little door and rocketed down the hall. Not pausing, he tore into the living room, took one look at the seated man playing the bagpipes, and with a yelp of joy flung himself onto the player's lap and jumped up and down between the pipes to lick the astounded face behind them. For one startled moment, everyone in the room gaped. Then the piper gasped, Mac, it's you! Oh, Mac! Dog and pipes were folded together in one great bear-like hug. The Smiths saw with dismay that their Snuffy had found his real owner, and they realized he would have to go away. Why, Mac, said Mr. Reeves the piper, you've been lost for nine months. I advertised for six weeks, but no one brought you back. That explains why we didn't know you were the owner, Mrs. Smith said. We found him six months ago and watched the paper for weeks. He always used to sit next to me when I played, Mr. Reeves said. I reckon he heard the pipes and he knew he'd found me again. 
It was obvious that Mac had found his real master. He had eyes for no one else. When Mr. Reeves stood up to go, it was plain that Mac intended to go with him. No longer did he consider himself snuffy. Mac is very much like some people. When they are small, they learn to love God, but as they grow older, they lose sight of him and wander away. They get lost in another world. They might even seem happy doing things God has told them not to do. But one day, something reminds them of God, maybe a song, maybe a person, maybe a flower or an animal. Something sets them to remembering and they find their way back. And once they find the master again, there is no looking back. They are Mac, not Snuffy. They have eyes for no one else but Jesus. It will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Isaiah 25, 9, New King James Version. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. Podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh day Adventist Church. Let the children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.